Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. Today on 30 Minutes, we feature a presentation from the 2016 Tucson Festival of Books. Margarita Carrillo-Oronte is the author of One Tamal, Two Tamales, The Ancient Art of Mexican Cuisine. She discusses the process of becoming a home cook and then becoming a professional chef and author and representative of authentic Mexican cuisine. The presentations in this tent, they are brought to you by the Nuestras Raices Pima County Public Library Program that builds community by celebrating Mexican-American authors, arts, and culture. And the following presentation and all those our tent are made possible by the generous support of our friends of the library. The next presentation is one tamale, two tamales, the ancient art of Mexican cuisine. 9,000 years ago, corn was domesticated in southern Mexico, and the rest, as they say, is history. Hailing from the birthplace of chilies, vanilla, and chocolate, world-renowned Mexican chef Margarita Corrio Oronte will seduce your taste buds as she leads you on a sensuous tour of the sun-kissed regions featured in her unprecedented culinary love story, Mexico the Cookbook. And now I'd like to introduce your moderator for the presentation, Mark Whitaker. And Mark Whitaker is an employee with us at the Pima County Public Library, and we're so glad to have them both. I think we should get talking about your book here. It's over 700 pages with over 600 recipes. So this must have been an incredible labor of love. I mean, it's yes. taken me months to get through and to read it, and some of the recipes are incredible. Uh, just tell me how this came about, how this idea started. Well, first of all, hi, good, good morning. I'm very happy to be in Tucson. I had been here many years ago, but I think it has grown a lot, a lot, and it has been, it has become more beautiful than I remembered. So I thank the organization for asking me to come, for inviting me. It's, it's a great honor to be here and sharing my experiences with you. Feel free to ask me anything. I have nothing to hide, private or public. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I have to tell you that I come from a very traditional Mexican family, old style, you know, family values, and in traditional Mexican families, cooking is part of the family activity, of the family life. And I grew up with my mother and my grandmother learning how to cook seriously, because we were a big family of nine children, and you know, Mexican Catholic, <laughs> the normal, and my mother was a real artist. She was always there cooking for us. And we always had something special in the kitchen. My father liked to receive a lot. So we were always busy having, or somebody's birthday was always happening, you know, always in such a big family. I learned without even noticing. Of course, I went to university to study education. I have a BA in education. But I always cooked with my family in the house. My mother cooked for the weddings of all of us, in, you know, Mexican weddings, 500 people. <laughs> I just didn't realize I was learning. So when I got married, my husband encouraged me a lot 
to formalize what I already knew. So I went to culinary school and I started realizing that I already knew a lot of the things they, they were teaching me. But the one thing I learned very important was, you know, all this mise en place, we were talking about the mise en place, which is so important, organizing yourself in the kitchen, sanitary handling of the food, and you know, these things, the budget thing, the budget, you have to take care of the expenses, ta, 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 so I formalized this education. But in the way, from all my life, I had been you know, learning these recipes from my family, my friends, and then I got into the culinary world and I got a lot of recipes from my colleagues and little towns, we did a lot of researching. We went to towns and learned from the vendors in the street. And I had a lot of material. And when people from Fidon looked for me to write this book, I didn't know if I was going to be capable of writing a book because at the beginning I, I didn't imagine the size of the book and uh, the first I said okay I put together everything I had and I found out that I had 2,500 recipes <laughs> it was impossible impossible maybe there's a sequel to this book then I mean, <laughs> I part hope. Mexico I part hope. two <laughs> this is believe me this is just the tip of the iceberg of Mexican food so my husband told me, no, 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 this is crazy. No, reduce. So then I went down to 1,500. And I started sending the material to Fidon, and they said, well, if you want, we can publish it, but it's a lot. Let's reduce it to 500. I said, okay, okay. So even though I struggled so much, I couldn't make it 500. So it's 700 and something. So it was really, really painful to select, no, not this one, not this one. And now I can see that I left out some very important recipes. I hope I can make a second book. It took me a long time to make the book, actually working in the book. It's been really like a difference in my life to go and share all my ideas in this book. Of course, in such a big book, there are some mistakes. Maybe the recipe in the index isn't the correct. I didn't find any mistakes. <laughs> I made mistakes in the kitchen trying to cook some of these yes. recipes. But. The one thing I wanted is to show the real, authentic Mexican food. You will see that in this book, there are very, very little fried food. Because the traditional techniques, cooking techniques of Mexican food are not fried. We didn't have any lard. I was explaining, Mark, that in this part of the world, including the U.S., from Alaska to Tierra del Fuego, there wasn't any cattle of any kind. No cows, goats, sheep, pork, hens, that was brought to us from the Europeans. So we didn't have any fat to fry with. So they brought it, and they brought the technique and they had got themselves from the Chinese. The Chinese to Spain and, you know, Asia to Spain and then from Spain to us. I tried to divide it into areas as we eat, like finger food, starters, soups. F soup is very important for us. And then main courses and then in main courses different. And, and sweets, breads, water, fresh water. You know, instead of drinking pops, we, we made with fresh fruit, mix it with water, a little bit of sugar, and that's it. So I tried to touch the whole 
spectrum of Mexican food. I think I made it clear, so... It's funny, we were talking about that before lard and fat made it to this region. I had no idea that tamales actually predate tortillas by a widespread of years. I mean, that's, you would just think tortillas, that's just what it is. And tortillas then tamales is, is maybe our later. essence, but tamales were first. We first had tamales and then we had tortillas. But not tamales, not as we have them today with lard. And please, I beg you, don't use the white stuff. What's it called? Cheese? No. <laughs> the Crisco. The Crisco <laughs> thing. Don't use it. I have nothing against Crisco. Crisco. I never white with Crisco. What do you call it? The shortening. Shortening. Yeah. Shortening. Please don't use any shortening. Please, I beg you. The flavor is disgusting. Yes, please, please. Sorry for all the people from the South. I apologize for the no shortening thing. I told them when they invited me that I was going to say the truth. The color and presentation of, uh, of Mexican cuisine, how important is that? Mexican food, traditional, authentic Mexican, the most important thing is the sauce. We can spend days making a sauce and the, the protein is the mere excuse to eat the sauce, okay? So we, we, we have moles, pipianes, encacaguatados, we have a whole selection of, of uh, sauces. For that reason, we cover the protein with a sauce. So the presentation is not as beautiful as the, the sauces in other cuisines. I, as a chef, in my restaurant, I have to be very careful to present the food with care, you know, not so much. Sometimes I serve the sauce on a little jar on the side so people can add more because our food is very much with sauce, not with cheese and not with the yellow cheese that is not Mexican. You know what we call that cheese? American cheese. The presentation, you have to work on it because it's not as beautiful. But the minute you taste it, you are in love. So would you say sauces are like the heart, like the essence yes. of true yes. Mexican yes. cuisine? Remember, we didn't have all those animals. All the American continent had venison, rabbits, wild boar, and what is the U.S. and Canada today, you have and you had then uh, buffaloes and, and the other big animal. Um, bison? Bison, yes, bison. In Mexico, we had turkeys, rabbit, bull dog. We don't eat dogs anymore, don't worry. <laughs> and in, in South America, they had llamas, vicuñas, plus everything else, you know, like the venison, wild boar, and so So the meat was not so important. We were catchers, recollectors, hunters, uh, fishers. Fishers, yeah, a lot yes. of fish. And we developed agriculture. In Mexico, thanks to women, ladies, agriculture was developed. The groups that went from the north to the center of Mexico started with the agriculture. So we had corn. And we have a saying in Mexico, sin maíz no hay país which means without corn, there is no country. Corn is our essence. 
But we have this trilogy that is corn, chiles, and beans. And pumpkin. Yes, pumpkin is very important. We use the seeds a lot. And they're highly nutritious. You pepitas. 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 We have the system of milpas. I, I don't know. The, there isn't a translation for this. The, the agricultural system of a, of a land, a piece of land, in which we plant corn. But it's not only corn. You know, corn grows upwards. And then beside the corn, the field workers plant beans. The beans grow like that around the corn. And then they plant pumpkin. And the pumpkin grows horizontally. So it fills el hueco, ¿cómo se dice? the space, thank you, the space between one corn plant and the other. And at the beginning of each row, they plant chiles for the uh, plagues. And they let the hens and chicken free, so they eat the little bugs, like crickets or little corn bugs and, you know, little insects that could damage the plants, the, you know? We, we in Spanish say, comen y descomen. <laughs> so they eat and they, it's all natural, all natural. So when you see a cornfield in Mexico, it's not just a cornfield. It's a whole and very complicated ecological system. And within one piece of land, you have everything for your nutrition. You are listening to Margarita Carrillo Arante, author of One Tamal, Two Tamales, The Ancient Art of Mexican Cuisine, from the Nuestras Raices Tent at the 2016 Tucson Festival of Books. It's funny you're talking about how women basically were always in the kitchen. They were the culinary giants of Mexican cuisine. Men <laughs> we basically... We still are. We still I know, that's, are. What I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that they were, they are. You know what I'm getting at. Anyway, men were good for lifting the pots. They still are. But there was a name... <laughs> right. Whatever. Okay. Okay, cook. There was... <laughs> He's a strong guy, huh? And... Uh, I work in a library now, not so much. Anyway, uh, there was a nickname for the men. We talk about hens. Wasn't there a nickname for the men that were in the kitchen? Yes, What was that my mother nickname? said that. My mother always said, Los hombres en la cocina huelen a cuacha de gallina, which means men in the kitchen smell like hens poopy. Yeah? Okay. Because they were not, this is a cultural thing. Men were not well accepted in the kitchen. I still have a friend who is the oldest and most important chef, in, women chef in Mexico, of Mexican cuisine, who says that men in the kitchen are only good for carrying heavy pots. <laughs> But this is a cultural thing. You know, we in Mexico and all Latin American countries have a very disguised matarchy. So women have the power, and as we say, in Spanish, men have the last word in his house. Yes, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are the ones, you know, who, who cook, and this is a tradition. You learn from your mother, and she learned from hers, and, and from, you know, aunts, all women in the family cook. This is the tradition. And thanks to this tradition, we're still together like families. It's very important, believe me. Now girls don't want to cook. 
They say they don't want to be slaves. Poor things. Poor things because they are going to be slaves of the industry, eating food. <laughs> really? Uh, what are they? You're going afraid to, to say poop, but then you said that. That's, that's amazing. The thing is, you have to forgive because I'm my mother tongue is Spanish, and I try to speak English. I try. The the thing is that it's not a question of being a slave of the house and the husband. No. It's a question of putting your soul and your heart in what you cook for your family. What are your children going to, to eat? TV dinners? No. No. It's not only the food you're feeding. It's the whole thing. You put love into what you cook. And then when you get together to eat, lunchtime is, or dinner time, according to the activities, is the time when you talk to your children and they get together and you know tell what they did in the day and how things are going and I remember my father we had a very big kitchen and there was the kitchen and then the living room but not the main living room el, el antecomedor it's not the living room but a smaller table with inside the kitchen casual dinner casual dining room inside the kitchen and my mother was there cooking and my father we were always talking about whatever and we knew we knew that there was always something delicious going on because even though it was tacos they were special the sauces made on hand with on a mortar on a un molcajete and i remember my brothers and my sister you know we still get together my parents don't live anymore and we still get together the whole family on a normal sunday we are 30 and you know now it's three generations and we still get together and when i'm going to cook because we change the houses we take turns with the meals. When I'm cooking, you know, my brothers call me in, in the middle of the week, Gordita, what are you cooking? You know, I'm, I want to start enjoying. I, what kind of wine shall I take to you? And, you know, and they arrive home to my house, lifting the leaves of the pots and, mm, you know, because it brings us together. Food brings people together. And making food in the house, it's like, of course it's tiring. Of course. But when you do it with a certain spirit of planning, if you don't plan and you don't organize, it will be very heavy. But if you plan ahead and you have something pre-prepared at home and you get together with this emotion of getting the family together on Sundays or Saturdays and then you have activities like we have three generations, I'm telling you now. Now we are the oldest generations and then our sons and then they have their own babies. And there's a domino table, and it's fathers with sons, and there's something going on always, not only getting together to eat, but to enjoy ourselves, our family. And uh, you, we have to uh, maintain the spirit of home food. This is very important. We don't have to eat the angel breast whatever food. No, but we have to keep it simple and keep it warm, happy. Happy. It's not that I've been cooking all day long for you. No. 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 I'm so tired. I have swollen feet. No. You know? You will have swollen feet. But it's so rewarding. It's so nice. 
you have to do it with your heart. That's how I grew up. That's how my children have grown up. And I hope from four children, I have four grandchildren. I have two daughters-in-law that are wonderful. And one of them is really like my daughter. The other, they live here in LA. So they are a little bit far. But they are both wanting to learn you know, the food, and they never open a tin to feed their children. This is very important. Even when they're busy, okay, let's go out. You go out once or twice, it's fun. It's not, nothing happens. But uh, I hope this keeps the tradition of good food, nourishing, honest, healthy, good Mexican food, and good Mexican traditions. This is very important. So, Chef, touching on that, was there one dish that made you want to cook professionally? Was there one taste that you're like, this is what I want to do the rest of my life? This is what I want no. to come to Tucson what, and talk what about? What made me want to be a professional was the reaction of, of my friends or family when I cooked. They said, wow, this is so good. You should open a restaurant. And I said, well, <laughs> I didn't even know. I had never wanted to be a slave. But in a restaurant, you are a slave. You are a slave. But no, I had the opportunity of helping one of my brothers because he opened a restaurant. So I helped him and I liked it. So I started, you know, working on it and I had very good response. And I realized that my food made people happy. I saw empty plates coming back to the kitchen. And this is important. I always go out to the customers, to the salon. I have a staff of young people who have the same passion. If not, if they don't have it, they cannot work with me. They have the same passion for quality, respect for techniques, because one of the most important things in Mexican food is techniques. We have very particular techniques. That's one of the things that helped us to, I'm sure you all know that Mexican food has been included in the list of intangible cultural heritage of UNESCO. And we didn't get that for being handsome or beautiful. We got it because we do have a treasure in our cuisine. So I go out while they cook in the restaurant, I go out and see the customers and see if, if maybe one of my customers today is not feeling well or he has some flu or whatever he so I cook something special and I like to have personal touch with my my customers so this encourages me to keep on working harder because I know things can be, be done properly but right now I'm in a sabbatic year I haven't rested for more than a week you know I was very tired I was really exhausted from so much working because I do a lot of traveling all over the world my cuisine has taken me I've been to Japan 19 times to China I've just come back from Saudi Arabia last year I was at the Arab Emirates and I've been to Europe to the US so many cities so many cities Canada all over uh, South America, Central America. When you travel to Asian countries, I mean, what is the reaction when you cook your traditional dishes? What's their initial First of all, thank you for asking. First of all, some of the chefs, especially in Japan, the first time I went there, they didn't want me to go there because I'm a woman. There are no women chefs in Japan. They are not good enough. Okay. 
So I was going with our government. I was going to cook this dinner for an official visit of our government to Japan. So I was going to the beautiful, wonderful, the Imperial Hotel in Tokyo. This Imperial Hotel is where all the presidents go and the royalty, whatever. Okay. So they said, oh, we don't need a Mexican chef to come. They wrote to the embassy. We have everything. We can cook fantastic Mexican food. We even have taco shells. <laughs> like the pre-made, the little... Pre- yeah. No, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, when I heard that, my hair stood up on ends like that. <laughs> so, very diplomatically, the embassy told them, oh, no, don't worry, you know, the chef is coming to cook specially traditional Mexican food. And they answered back and say, you know, letters coming back and forth, and the last one said, well, the truth is, we don't want to work under the orders of a woman. But the embassy said, well, we are very sorry, but the lady is the chef, the official chef of the Mexican government. So she will go because that's it. So they received me. I have a dear friend, chef friend. He's like 20 years younger than me, but he's bold, red hair, so he looks older. And, and we went there, and we arrived at night, very late. We just had a cup of tea and next, go to bed. Next morning at 8 o'clock, they were all in their whites, you know, hats like this. Ice cold ambience. Yeah, I was going to say. You could cut it with a knife, you know, like this. They were all, like, receiving me, like, they didn't speak a word of Spanish or English. And I was in the phone with the manager before I went there, and I said, Takada-san, am I going to have a translator or something? And he answered, oh, Carrillo, uh, Margarita-san, you no worry, I with you all time. I said, okay, <laughs> you know, he, he said he was going to be with me all time. And, um, you know, they don't shake hands. I had the, the manager there interpreting. There was all the very impressive, but I was prepared for that. They displayed uh, like a map of the layout, it's called layout of the, main, of the play of the restaurant and yeah. where was I going to serve. And, but I was prepared, you know, we had a a binder with the recipes translated in English, with photographs, everything, because that's the way I like to work. They gave us the last kitchen. You know, the Imperial Hotel is a big hotel, 1,000 rooms. It's a huge hotel. They gave me the last, the furthest kitchen in the hotel in order not to mess with them. But then we started cooking, you know. Mm-hmm. Dry roasting our chiles and our seeds, and then the others went to do 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 do. You know, like in the cartoons, all these beautiful smells of our food, you know, delicious. Especially the chiles, when you dry roast them, they're great. So they started coming, you know, one by one, speaking English. And what you cook? Mmm. Smells good, and we literally seduce them with our aromas of Mexican food. And executive chefs of these kind of hotels 
are called grand chefs. So the grand chef, the first day that I was introduced, of course, he didn't speak a word of English to me or shook hands or anything. He just, he was full of medals and I have my own, but I never wear them. You know, it's, they, they don't they weigh you down when you're cooking. It's no, no, I know. Like Michael no, Phelps doesn't walk around with You don't need that. It, they can fall into the food. No. He was sending people to see what we were cooking. And one day, we had like an assistant, a Japanese assistant. And one day, we were at the front of the lift, and there was the executive chef, the grand chef. And then my friend and I arrived to take the lift to go somewhere. And then when the lift opened, I was going to go in, and then the assistant, the Japanese assistant, took my, my arm and said, I looked, why not? So he had to go alone. I couldn't dare to go into the lift with the grand chef. Well, but you, you get used. This was the first time. And then at the very end, when we had all the food prepared and displayed, the grand chef came to check on us. And at the end, he came to me, shook my hand and said, congratulations, chef. I was really, I, I could cry. For me, that recognition was more important than the recognition of our own president, who was offering the food, you know, the dinner. And I went back to the Imperial Hotel four times, and the manager went out and always, like in a red carpet, told me, welcome to your home in Japan. You know, the things changed. Things changed because I demonstrated them that not because I was a woman, I had boobs or whatever, I was a less, I, I was a, a less professional person, you know? I demonstrated that I could work 12 or 14 hours as they did, because they do work 12 hours the least. The shortest is 12 hours. I could die, but I was not going to show it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I didn't even go to the loo. I was there like, oh. No, you learned to hold it. <laughs> I had, you know, yellow waves on my eyes, but I was not going to, I was not going to, to demonstrate anything to them. You know, I had to be strong and always, and we made very good friendship. And then other hotels invited me and I went back 19 times. But the important thing is that Mexican food has become recognized. We'll have to leave it there. You've been listening to remarks made by Margarita Carrillo Aronte, author of One Tamal, Two Tamales, The Ancient Art of Mexican Cuisine, from the Nuestras Raices Tent at the 2016 Tucson Festival of Books. This has been part one of a two-part series. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager.